Hey, coming up on the Matt Townsend Show today, kids need us to keep them in line, right? As parents, that's our role. But have you ever noticed that sometimes when we do discipline our kids, it turns into a battle between what we want and less about actually teaching our kids a lesson? Today, we're going to be talking about how to find the difference between good discipline and a pointless power struggle with our kids. That's coming up right here after the news on uh, with Katie Jarvis filling in. Good afternoon, I'm Katie Jarvis with BYU Radio News. President Obama is planning to name the new head of the FBI tomorrow. The White House says Obama plans to announce his selection of Jim Comey, who was the second-ranking official at the Justice Department during the George W. Bush administration. There's a milestone for the recovering U.S. housing sector. U.S. sales of previously occupied homes surpassed the $5 million mark in May, the first time that that's happened in three and a half years. The gain shows the housing recovery is strengthening. The Supreme Court is striking down a federal law that forces private health organizations to denounce prostitution as a condition for getting AIDS funding. The court says the required anti-prostitution pledge is an improper restriction on the group's First Amendment rights. A jury of six women was picked today to decide the second-degree murder trial of George Zimmerman, who was accused of shooting Trayvon Martin. The defense attorney said he selected the jurors based on their views on guns, self-defense, and justifiable use of force. And in world news, the Taliban in Afghanistan say that if the U.S. release five of their senior operatives being held at Guantanamo Bay, they'll release U.S. Army Sergeant Bo Bergdahl, who disappeared from his base in southeastern Afghanistan in June 2009. The head of the World Health Organization says that violence against women is a global health problem of epidemic proportions. The United Nations says that more than 600 million women live in countries where domestic violence is not considered a crime. And that's the news. This is BYU Radio. I'm Katie Jarvis. Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to the Matt Townsend Show. I'm your host, Dr. Matt Townsend, your guide on the side, your life. Coach, that's what we'll call myself today. Today we're going to be a parenting coach because we're going to talk about parenting. And I feel like working with the great team that I do, like a parent, just slowly dragging a bunch of radical teenagers through life. Shows up for a few hours and then leaves and, (laughs) yep, parents. Yep. Also, I think I'm in my terrible twos right now. Yeah, you you are. You are a terrible two. And we're still doing some potty training with some of you. And I don't even want to tell you who. But uh, I really feel like a parent. I feel like your parent. I feel like I'm constantly like trying to lead you, guide you, stuff like that. Especially you, Skyboy. You seem like the hardest child. Because I have red hair. Yes, you seem like the redhead stepchild. Those no pun intended. So well. No mean. But you seem because you're not. You weren't. You're not my blood. And you have a little red hair, just a little. So you're calling me the redhead stepchild. Mm-hmm. Are you left-handed? I'm not. Okay, good. Because um, that would be a three strike. been strike three, yeah. But I, I've met your parents, too. I've met your mom. And she calls me regularly to try to sort you out. How do those go? Not very well. Because she's, like, mad that I'm not doing a better job disciplining you, getting you home <laughs> on time. Also, I don't think you're feeding me enough. You should probably not. start feeding me You're more. wasting away. You need to bring more food. She says, you need to keep my son more safe. Because Provo's dangerous. Stuff like that. 
There could be a crazy guy on a motorcycle. Crazy, crazy men on motorcycles. And she's not sure that you're dating enough. <coughs> Stuff like that. So yeah. Or at all. <laughs> or at all. And so today on the show, we're going to be talking about power struggles with our kids. How do we discipline? What are the do's and the don'ts of disciplining your children? And I'm going to be doing the don'ts because I've mastered that side of the equation. I know everything not to do. Um, I'm not sure I know everything to do, so we're going to be bringing on an expert who's going to walk us through that. But parenting's harder than you think, by the way, because your children are a lot like you, so they read you like a book. Then they know, oh, yeah, dad can take this, dad can do this. In fact, I saw it today. It was really interesting. I was at a, a doctor's appointment, and I'm watching a dad deal with his kids, and the dad, the kid was paying no attention, playing on a game. The dad turns to the son and says, hey, uh, He's basically talking about his cell phone. I guess the child had done something and ruined some technology. And he was like on his third or fourth cell phone. And the dad's sitting there saying, you know, I've had one cell phone in the last like eight years. And you've had how many in two years? And the boy's like two. And then his sister's like, no, it was four. And they're fighting. And the dad starts, hey, you're going through technology. Wait. And the dad starts giving him the lesson. And right then the boy, brilliant, brilliant move, scoots in closer by the boys, like 12, 13, grabs the dad's face and starts just squishing his cheeks. <laughs> and the dad just quit talking about his fight. And he's like, it's all right, dad. <laughs> it's not a big deal. <laughs> and he's just playing with his face. And the dad's like, what are you doing? He's like, just playing. And it all went away. <laughs> Poof. I'm going to say the kid won that one. Yeah, that guy's an idiot. He got so played by his kid and he didn't even know it. And I'm sitting there like, you're getting played by your kid. So one way, like if your kid starts acting out and starts yelling at another kid or whatever, go up and squeeze his cheeks and say, hey, cutie, it's okay. Massage their face. Yeah. and see if it, it works. It worked one way. It worked with the kid. Now, I wonder if it would work the other way if the dad started doing that. I don't think so. Nope. What would the kid say? Because you know, Skyboy, your mom used to do this to you. Stop touching me. Leave me alone, mom. But with the dad, he was just like, no way, my son's giving me love. This is so awkward. Kind of like when like a camel walks up to you and starts licking you and you're like, um, I, this is horrible and disgusting and I hate this. Someone's like, no, the, ca- the camel it likes you. It's, oh, it's, well, it's letting you know you're its friend. Where when has a camel ever licked you? Because they're disgusting. <laughs> but when, when does the, this happen When you go to, you? to a petting zoo... Oh, or like when the goat starts chewing on you. I'm just thinking you're at work. I don't know like, if I've ever camel. seen a camel to petting zoo. Normally it's like sheep. Yeah, you know, sheep, sheep and goats. Dogs. No, that's the Middle Eastern petting zoo. Yeah, what petting zoo were you Dude, at? Were you Mumbai when petting you, zoo? You could not have come out of more out of left field. <laughs> I do what I can. You flew in from le- like it's like, and then all of a sudden, I don't know, a dinosaur starts licking you. That was so out there. That's cool. It's a great point. Thank you. Thank you. Camels are disgusting. I don't care how much it likes me. If it starts licking me, that's gross. Yeah. That's that's a great point. I don't want that love. Camel. See, this is what's great about you kids. Um, you say the darndest things. <laughs> that was great, Rice. That was not scripted, by the way, folks. Nothing on this show ever is, which means the show probably won't be around forever. Because <laughs> one day we're going to say something we shouldn't say. It's, it's a short-lived strategy. <laughs> it really is, but it's a lot more fun. Um, so if you're out there and let's just say a camel comes up and licks your face, let's just say that. It, 
don't be distracted. Stick to the task. If you are disciplining your child, don't let the child lick your face or a camel. Don't let him squish your if, cheeks. If you're telling that camel what not to do, don't be distracted. But it's funny. That, isn't it interesting how naturally the boy just kind of – he got into the close zone, which is the once, you're, once they're in like the close zone and they're squeezing your cheeks with affection, then boom, you can't be mad anymore. The kid went in and hit the no mad button. The, Boy, the pressure release. Kids are smart. If only the parents were that smart. That that's what we're going to be talking about today. How do we not get caught up in the fight? Sometimes these silly little fights are more about me being right. I'm going to win this one. Because we think as parents, if I don't win this one, it'll just get worse. If I don't shut them down right here, right now, they'll be doing drugs or getting their face licked by a camel, which would be like 10 times worse. Are you with me, Bryce? Oh, that would be terrible. Like <laughs> at a like, petting zoo, you know, a least. drug addiction. That's bad. Um, animals camel. licking you. That's so much worse. <laughs> totally. Or agree. maybe I have my priorities wrong there. Do you guys remember your biggest power struggle with your parents? Come on, who's got one? Benjamin. Yeah, I think the biggest power struggles. I, first off, I was the good kid. Oh yeah, we all, I mean, we all. He's were, also naturally. the first kid, so yeah. don't believe him. Yeah, yeah. and so, the favorite. So. Well, uh, my power struggle with my parents was always about the video games in the house. Yes. Because, like, when I was in the sixth grade, all I wanted to do was play Zelda, like, more than anything else. Like, that was your life. You thought you were Zelda. Yeah. No. Well. well, Come on. Zelda is a girl. I know. She's the princess. Well, that's why we had all the therapy. Yeah. (laughs) We had to fix that. You are not a caricature. (laughs) You are not. What is she? Like a nymphy. What do they call that? A nymph? What was she? I don't know. Only the princess of Hyrule, Matt. (laughs) <laughs> oh, okay. Oh, sorry. Anyway, yeah, you all I wanted to it. do in the sixth grade was play Zelda, and my uh, my mom banned us. She banned us two things. We couldn't play um, video games for more than two hours a day. Wow. And we couldn't play uh, we couldn't play video games on Sunday because when one of us would start playing video games on Sunday because everyone was home that yeah. day, every, we would start arguing over whose who turn it was. Tea, yeah. And she's like, oh, wait, I want this like anger in my family. So I found two ways to subvert this. Wow. Uh, and I, to, to this but day- we're not giving ideas to get around Well, this is, how, this is how I took control. Okay. This is how I- Yeah, this, is how, struggle this went. was the struggle. Right. Okay. We'll show you how um, to fix this later. Yeah. It, it, the, the struggle was I would get up at like five in the morning- before school and play before anyone else in the house was up and play video games for two to three hours. Yeah. Then get ready and go upstairs to where my parents were as if I had just woken Whoa. up. Oh, I'm so oh, tired. Gosh, I'm so tired. Uh, what about the news of the day? And then uh, <laughs> you just squish your parents' cheeks. And then when I would get home from when I would get home from school, I'd be like, oh, I still get my two hours of video games today. You so I was putting in four were... or five hours a day as opposed to two. The other way was I would wait wow. on Sundays till 12.01 a.m. Monday morning. And, and throw During in the your summers, yeah. I started playing video games because technically it wasn't Sunday anymore, and so I never got, uh, if, I never got caught. But my excuse was always if my mom happened to come downstairs and I was sitting there playing video games at twelve thirty on you know Monday morning, I'd be See, like, hey, it's not Sunday anymore. That's the rule: no video games on Sunday. How are parents supposed to get around this? You, because you're such a good kid, and you were the and smarter and smarter, and but I'm supposed to like go get up at five thirty to make sure you're yeah. doing what you're saying. No, I was inventive. You were That's why they pay me you the big You were motivated bucks. is the thing. So I actually respect your motivation. Yeah, you should. And, and my innovation, I would say, as much. Yeah, well, and your deception, if we're going to keep going with <laughs> shuns. <laughs> if we're going to keep throwing those out there. But it's interesting. So that was your biggest struggle, and you, in the end, won that one. 
Most definitely. Now your parents know. Now now I live on my own, have my own TV and nice video game system, and I can't play for more than like 45 minutes a day without getting bored. So See? That's called maturity. Well, yeah. Welcome something. to adulthood. Or I've lost all my brain cells for concentration. That's it. You're probably Twitter, just but, numb. Yeah. yeah. You're numbed out. Uh, anybody else have a struggle that you dealt with? Now, you you did, but yours is so merit. I <laughs> Merit. Really? No. Think of this Does is that not... to do with archery camp again or uh, <laughs> yeah. no. no, my yeah, I was I was the good kid. Like that was Well that's what Beth said. Notice no, by the way. That was legitimately in true. prison they all say the same thing. <laughs> I was I was I wasn't even no, the problem. No, really. Yeah. No, my brothers used to tease me for being goody two shoes. They did? Yeah, because I would never Well you are goody two shoes. When you hear this story, it you'll be you'll see. No, okay. So I was really good at hiding, though. So my parents probably thought I was a lot better than I was. Yeah, you were because I would just hide. Yeah, gone. It's like if I was doing something naughty, you know, just go in the other room. Don't say anything. That's why I'm you really like good those at being Harry quiet. Potter uh, spells. Yeah, because you could well, then do the I just invisibility connected with Harry Potter. You know, the closet beneath the stairs. Mm-hmm, that was like you. one of my techniques. <laughs> so no, but the the time I got in trouble the most, and you know, exerting my power was through hiding. Was when I hid for a, probably two hours you in a hid. closet. Yes, <laughs> I hid because we were cleaning the house. Who wants to do that? So I just grabbed a book and <laughs> sat in the closet. And my then... kids all pretend like they're sleeping. <laughs> that one's not convincing though. Yeah, I learned like that at four in the afternoon. On, yeah, my sister did that too, but hers was always, "Hey, it's it's time to clean the kitchen," and she would go, "I have to go to the bathroom." And oh, then she yeah. would disappear for forty five minutes. Yeah, the my sisters yes, had we weird bathroom that. habits. They were always gone. <laughs> In the bathroom. So yes. you would hide. Yes, I would hide. And that time was the time, the single time that I remember being the most, like, hugely in trouble was because I hit for two hours while they cleaned the house. So they thought you had been kidnapped. Pretty much, yeah. But really, you were just hiding. And if I'm a betting man, you were probably reading a book. I was reading a book. Probably a Harry Potter book. If I'm a betting <laughs> man, definitely. I would go with Harry Potter. Really? Yeah. And then, so what did mom do? How did, how did mom discipline a kid that would rather read than... Anything else? She used to take away my books until I did something. So she'd be like, Mary, you have to. You're going to watch TV today. You are watching Hogan's Heroes. You are. Hogan's Heroes? That was your go-to? Yeah. Well, that's my. I was thinking more like that's Magic my, School that's Bus. Yeah. Wishbone or something. You're watching Barney the Dinosaur, which we'll get it to later today. No, but that was, yeah, she would take my books away. She would say, you can't read. Until you have done your jobs for the day, you are forbidden be, to read. Because that would be my thing. I'm like, well, mom, I can't, I can't do the dishes. I'm reading. And mom, do you want me to grow or not? Reading makes me smart. See, isn't that funny? You were, you were smart because you, you loved reading, but then you were playing because uh, you want your kids it. to yes, read. I totally used it. That's interesting. Yeah. See, you're, you were not half as deceptive as Ben. <laughs> ben no, was kind of. Ben was already on the edge, but you. I don't get up at five a.m. Yeah, that's true. You're not a morning <laughs> now, person. Now I would never get up at 5 a.m. for anything. Uh, would you ever just sit and read? Like, oh, yeah. All day. Uh, now? Yeah. Or then? Now. Uh, yes to both. Wow. I do. Yeah. I mean, my we talked about this. I majored in British literature. Oh, so that's I, right. That's all I did was sit around and read all day. Yeah, in that funny accent. That was weird. <laughs> Indeed. Indeed. Hey, uh, Skyboy, you ever been disciplined? Yes. I have been disciplined. Let's hear about it. Um, was it about the cape? <clears throat> no. They encouraged Don't that. wear the cape on the swing set. The biggest power struggle I remember having with my parents is we had a rule in my household, my family, that we couldn't date until we were 16 years old. Yes. Good rule. And that was, that was hard for me. 
Cause, well, cause I mean, you, let's face it. Hello, the ladies. Exactly. They love you. They love I mean, they me. just they just couldn't wait for you. I know. They just <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. They flocked. Um, but when I was fourteen, there was a beautiful girl in my high school who I had a crush on, and dude, she liked me back. What was her name? Her name was Stephanie. Okay. And so I told her that I couldn't date till I was sixteen. And I was 14, and she said she would wait. How old is she? was she? She was 25? 25, 26. Well, and still in high school? Still in high school, yeah. I think I see No, she was, she was my age. Okay. Um, <laughs> Four, two 14-year-olds. Yeah, she was 14. I was almost 15. Oh, yeah. yeah. You were pushing Around 15. there. You yes. were 14 and a half. I was 14 and a half. <laughs> he was 14 going on 15. <laughs> and he was mature for his age. Yeah. Because if you're using halves, <laughs> you're totally more mature. <laughs> but uh, we started doing the... AIM, AOL Instant Messenger. Yeah. Every oh, night. Oh, wow. That brought and back a flash that, <laughs> of memories. That led to phone calls. And I didn't have a cell phone. This see, was back in the day. You see how this starts? It starts with a little AIM. Starts with a little AIM. Little AOL. <laughs> and then it moves. Then it moves. So then it progressed calls. to phone calls. And then that summer. But you didn't have a cell phone. So you were calling I, I from the main line in the house. Either that or I'd steal my parents' cell phone. And I'd talk all night. Now you're stealing. See? And then it leads to drugs. <laughs> and then you're dead. Now, her best friend lived just up the street from me. And so and then, then it you're progressed. you sneaking out. I snuck out probably tw- two or three times a week that summer. Oh, and- my <laughs> heaven. Do your parents know this? They do I don't know. They do <laughs> if they're listening, they do. Statue of limitations? <laughs> Does that count at this point? <laughs> like, you are dead. <laughs> and this, uh, you we, we dated out. for a year and a half, I think. Um, oh, I was, you dated I was up to when you were 16. So, yeah, and, and then even, even a little date. after. Um, but it, I mean, during, during high school, we'd have early out days and my parents knew at this point that something was going on. And so I, I would try and figure out ways, like I'd have football practice at three, but we'd sometimes have early out days that got out at 1130. So then I'd tell my parents, I got to stay, do homework at school. But then I'd go to her house. You're the devil. Watch a movie with her or whatever, you know. You are, that explains a lot. Question, when you turned 16, were you like, hey, me and Stephanie are going on our first date? (laughs) Yeah. That is actually what happened. (laughs) Good good to meet you, Stephanie. (laughs) I felt so bad. My parents were like, it's your first date. This is so exciting. And I was was thinking, this is literally the hundredth time we've done something. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my heavens. So did they ever, they never found out. So they well, w- they knew they knew that I would they- talk on the phone. I okay. I mean, it was all night, every night. I would I would sleep all day. I couldn't stay awake. I I was in driver's ed at the time. I was falling asleep oh, in the car. That's good to know. It was that's I was crazy. I had the black eye or the shadowy yeah. raccoon eyes, eyes. Yeah. raccoon eyes, yeah. all the time. And didn't they think like you were just like anemic or something? Like you were dying? They should have. Your dad's a doctor. He should have realized physiologically you're I breaking down. I think it's because down. he's a doctor, he realized that's not what was happening. Yeah, he realized that there was some was other chemistry up. involved. Yeah, chemistry of love. Hmm. <laughs> it was true love, Matt. Man. <laughs> Boy, we got to hey, discipline that. Hey, is Stephanie married already? She actually is. <laughs> <laughs> she, uh, she was one of those people who got engaged, and she was engaged for like three years before she got married. Yeah. But she's married now. How's that to darken your soul for the day? I cry Sorry. about her every night. Good. Wow. I don't. <laughs> That's what you get for starting so early. You would have been married if you had just waited till you were 16. We, well, oh, you blew, at the, at the you mature age the of 15, we had it all planned out. Did you? Yeah. yeah. We were going to get married. You know, it was true love, Matt. We need an intervention. <laughs> That's just messed up. I don't care what you say. But so your parents didn't even know to discipline. I mean, they, they, they were just saying don't do 16, but, you know. Well, they, they came up with a lot of disciplines along the way. 
and I got grounded often. Did you? Yes. And I'd still find ways to sneak out or steal you phone. See what it is? Look at And you guys are great kids. I mean, adults now. They're, but... Their punishments could not stop true love. No, exactly. Yeah. Love they just will not understand. be stopped. <laughs> they were Romeo and Juliet. <laughs> yeah, 2. I don't 0. think so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can just see it. Cute. Wow, you guys were deviant. I didn't know that I was around that many deviants. Hmm. I never had any problems with my parents. Never snuck out. Never read a book. <laughs> never did anything like that. <laughs> never got up at 5.30 to play a video game. Because I ran the house and nobody told me what to do. Uh, we're going to talk about parenting and how we discipline some great discipline strategies. When we come back, we're also going to get into some Facebook answers to uh, unconventional ways that seem to pay off in parenting your children. This is the Matt Townsend Show. You're listening to BYU Radio. You will never guess how Neil Armstrong's footprints on the moon connect to your local weather forecast tomorrow. Stay tuned. This is Innovation Now, bringing you stories of revolutionary ideas, emerging technologies, and the people behind the concepts that shape the future. This is a story about unlikely connections and how the pursuit of scientific inquiry can cross strange boundaries. John Lane is a physicist at NASA's Kennedy Space Center. Part of John's job is to think ahead to the time we return to the moon with robots as well as astronauts. His specific task involves figuring out how close we can come when visiting old Apollo moon landing sites without damaging and disturbing them with the dirt kicked up from rocket exhaust. Lane was working on a laser-based moon dust sensor that could warn a robot probe or spacecraft when it was kicking up too much lunar dust, and he needed something to use for testing his sensor. He settled on raindrops as a kind of substitute for airborne lunar dust and came up with an accidental discovery that might make weather prediction more accurate than before. Seems his laser dust sensor can make a very accurate measurement of the size of falling raindrops in midair, something that radar can only guess at. Knowing the exact size of raindrops can lead to better weather models and forecasts. For Innovation Now, this is Buddy Rubino. Innovation Now is produced by the National Institute of Aerospace through collaboration with NASA and is distributed by WHRV. Visit us online at innovationnow.us. There are several ways to listen to BYU Radio. You can tune in to Sirius XM Channel 143. You can catch the live stream on BYURadio.org. And now you have our newest option for listening, the BYU Radio app. Our iOS app is free and has access to the live stream and the program schedule. So get on your iPhones and iPads and download the free BYU Radio app now. Talk about good. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. We are talking about disciplining our children, and um, sometimes we just get into power struggles, but uh, we're going to be bringing on an expert, Julie K. Nelson, author of Parenting with Spiritual Power. She's going to teach us how to discipline our children, how to create some discipline methods that still allow us to maintain our integrity, and we can still get better benefits and and have a better uh, influence on our children. But before we do that, we went to Facebook my Facebook page, and um, asked everybody on there what they're doing. And Bryce came up with some funny, interesting answers. We wanted to know what was pe- people's most effective, unconventional, usually the I am done trying reasonable ideas. I'm just going to do what I think doesn't sound like a terrible idea and see what happens. Right. And we were looking for those success stories. Okay. Uh, first one, daughter wouldn't get up. 
right? Wouldn't get out of bed. Wouldn't get out of bed. Sounds like merit. <laughs> but not Ben. Ben gets up on time. Ben gets right up on time uh, to play video games. Look, there was a darkness over the kingdom. Someone had to say this. <laughs> yeah, so, <that's> right. <laughs> Zelda! <laughs> so, so, daughter wouldn't get up. And mom was sick of having to go down, uh, to go down to her room four or five times every morning. So, they grounded their daughter from her room. Not allowed to go to your room. Nope, can't go to your room. You can change in your room. That's it. You live in the living room. Really? Upstairs? Yeah. Upstairs in the living room. Close to mom and dad. Yeah, mostly just in the middle of public. So Wow. Everyone's up, and so you're going to be up. <laughs> so she's going to be up. And she said it worked wonders. That's a great idea. We were talking about this before the show because all the stuff you like is in your room. That, yeah. that idea like, yeah. I'm sending you to your room. Cool. Now I don't have to put up with you. Yeah, and Thanks, I have Mom. books and TVs. Plus, they've and they've been video storing games stuff. And... They've been they have a storage kit there. They've got food. They've got everything they need. And it, apparently, Skyler even had an exit strategy <laughs> and a way to get out of his room. An emergency exit. <laughs> Jeez. Did you have a ladder leaving your room? I just took the stairs. Oh, we had I had stairs in my room. How cool is that? That's way cool. That's cool. I had a staircase and went right down to the laundry room, which led to the garage. Oh, that's And my parents' okay. room was on the opposite side. Well, okay. that was their first mistake. That, yeah. Don't give a guy <laughs> stairs to the exit. Yeah, no. My parents put my room right above theirs. Man. You never, never, never escape from that. Okay. Uh, another parenting strategy. Uh, and I've, I've seen this one work. Uh, Christina says, I'd have kids set the rules for punishment. Because for yeah, some, I've heard that. For some reason, we do this dumb thing where we'll set awful punishment. I think like we get power hungry. Yeah. Like, oh, you can choose a punishment. We're like, oh, if I get to choose a punishment, then, then here's what's going to happen. Yeah. I remember one time my mom was like, okay, well, you know what? You get to choose your punishment this time. And I was like, oh, I get to choose the punishment for this thing that I'm sure I'm never, ever going to do. Ice like, cream. Like, no Nintendo for a month. Like, I thought I was a boss. Turns out, yeah. not a boss. <laughs> not at all. And she was, like, she was like, no Nintendo for a month. I was like, oh. I've made a huge mistake. <laughs> See? Smart, smart, smart. But That's, yeah, we overestimate. We get sometimes it is the unconventional, though. So Wait. you go with you go with what the opposite. What's preventing you, though, from being like, oh, I can set the punishment? Uh... No Nintendo for an hour. I don't, I don't know. That <laughs> yeah. seems like the thing to do. That, there that wasn't was any, stupid. <laughs> like, parents don't police at that point. <laughs> that just shows they don't know how to lead these young kids. Come on. So here's a weird problem. Spitting. I guess boys do this more often. Oh, really? Than, yeah, yeah, I don't know. I mean, kid, babies are drooly. Skyboy does it. But other than, other than that, uh, Dawn said uh, she had her, she had one of her kids like that was spitting a lot. And so she said, okay, um, this isn't the right place to do this. So uh, the right place to do it is uh, into the toilet. And you can do it for two minutes. You can spit all you want. Spit in the toilet all you want for two whole minutes. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> she said. She said for like the first minute, kid was delighted. Yeah. After that, it's just kind of like, wow, this is a little silly. I think this is, you know, it's kind of a waste of my own time to be doing this. And saliva. And saliva dehydrates you that yeah, way. You're gonna die. That's a see. That's a great idea. Call him on it. But totally. That totally sounds like she was just done. She's like, I'm sick of being spit on. Yeah. I'm done with it. Spit in the toilet. Apparently, it worked. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. Uh, you also have another uh, Kristen. I said she just walks away whenever her kid throws a tantrum. Just leave yeah. the room, but like, but won't just like, oh, I'm I'm gonna leave. So you know, like, leave the room, turn off the light, Bye. leave the kid in Shut darkness. <laughs> like, nope, I'm done. Then he'll Shoot. move, have another tantrum <laughs> in front of you. Like, get in the car, yeah. drive to the store. Don't energize it. See, I would usually jump in and throw a tantrum with him. 
<laughs> Show them. Just start oh, you, kicking her You want to see a tantrum. That, you're not even close. Just wait till you see an adult throw one. <laughs> That's fun, though. Give us one more. My favorite was uh, we had Ivy. She said that she would have her kids hug out on the front porch. Oh, I love that one. Perfect. They're fighting, and you're like, okay, hug time. Like, punishment is affects teenagers. Yeah. Like, disappointment affects teenagers, but embarrassment destroys uh, now them. Now you've got them. Crushed like, them. Like, two teenage <laughs> boys in the front lawn hugging, hopefully, like, you know, at a corner street, yeah. busy corner street where, Jimmy, like, everyone. hug him like you mean it. Uh, hug him like you mean sm- it, Jimmy. Smile. <laughs> smile when you hug. She's like, coaching the hug. Tighter. Tighter. <laughs> <laughs> I need both of you to face the street when you hug. <laughs> Messed up. That's but it works. Point. I bet you bucks they didn't oh, they were like, around. Let's do this. Let's get this over with. I don't want to be here any longer than well, you do. Some of these might not be great. But you know what? We're going to ask the pro. Absolutely. And then we're going to ask the pro about Merritt. Because apparently Merritt's parents used to nail her clothes to the ground because she left them on the floor. So uh, we're going to see if you should be nailing someone's clothes to the ground. I think it's a brilliant idea myself. I'm sure it ruined your house. But whatever, if you're moving, nail away. This is the Matt Townsend Show. We're going to take a break and come right back, giving you some real-life tools and solutions to your parenting problems. This is the Matt Townsend Show on BYU Radio, Sirius XM 143. On Highway 89, not only can you hear musicians playing live, but you get to hear them talk about their work. And some of their influences might surprise you. I had headphones and I would listen to other things uh, like Van Halen and Journey and, and Rush that also influenced uh, influence my compositions and arrangements. I don't know if it's, it's apparent, but, but I think it is in there somewhere. Catch Highway 89 weekdays at 10 p.m. Eastern here on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Good afternoon, I'm Katie Jarvis with BYU Radio News. Firefighters attacked dozens of blazes in the western states where hot and windy conditions persisted through today. In southern Colorado, a 300-acre fire forced at least 175 people to stay at a Red Cross shelter and at a high school last night. President Obama is planning to name the new head of the FBI tomorrow. The White House says that Obama plans to announce his selection of Jim Comey, who was the second-ranking official at the Justice Department during the George W. Bush administration. There's a milestone for the recovering U.S. housing sector. U.S. sales of previously occupied homes surpassed the $5 million mark in May, the first time that's happened in three and a half years. The gain shows the housing recovery is continuing to strengthen. The Supreme Court is striking down a federal law that forces private health organizations to denounce prostitution as a condition for getting AIDS federal funding. The court says the required anti-prostitution pledge is an improper restriction on the group's First Amendment rights. A jury of six women was picked today to decide the second-degree murder trial of George Zimmerman, who was accused of shooting Trayvon Martin. The defense attorney said he selected the jurors based on their views on guns, self-defense, and justifiable use of force. And in world news, the head of the World Health Organization says violence against women is a global health problem of epidemic proportions. The United Nations say that more than 600 million women live in countries where domestic violence is not considered a crime. The Taliban in Afghanistan say that if the United States releases five of their senior operatives being held at Guantanamo Bay, they'll release U.S. Army Sergeant Bo Bergdahl, who disappeared from his base in southeastern Afghanistan in June of 2009. And that's the news. This is BYU Radio. I'm Katie Jarvis.
Welcome back, friends, to the Matt Townsend Show right here on BYU Radio. We're talking today about a big issue. So if you're a parent and um, you're trying to, you want to be a good parent and you, you feel obligated to make sure your children aren't being crazy kids that are sneaking out around the neighborhood with girlfriends that are 14, stuff like that, like Skyboy, um, you want to be a good parent. You don't want to have any problems. So we try to discipline. And then when we discipline, it seems like sometimes our egos get involved and then it gets ugly and then... Someone throws a fit, and it's usually the parent. Today, we're talking to Julie K. Nelson. Now, Julie is an author of Parenting with Spiritual Power. She has a master's degree in marriage, family, and human development. Maybe more importantly, she's a mother of five children and a wife, and she teaches classes here in Utah as uh, Applied Parenting and Marriage and Relationship Skills at Utah Valley University. Um, she's just a great person. She's all over the media. She was just in the Wall Street. What was it? The Wall Street Journal. Yeah. News. Yeah. We in a relationship column. See, you're mm-hmm. everywhere. Yeah, and interviewed for a live uh, media show. Did you? Mm-hmm. How'd that go? It was great. It was great fun. See, and that's it, what we need: parenting. People aren't. We're, we're not very good at it, and we don't usually get a handbook. No, we don't. And we get with these little kids and we're like, well, what do I do with them? Uh, And, you know, many of us were raised with parents who maybe weren't perfect. I think all of us. I think most of us. Yeah, I think. But we even thought they were perfect. 100% of us. But they were messed up. And so we're thinking, now what do I do to fix that? And I don't know how. I don't have the tools. And, you know, who are the examples around me? And so, yeah, we get a little desperate. And and it's interesting because, like, I was the last child and my sisters, I think, worked my, my parents' divorce. So my mom was a single parent and my my sisters worked her so hard she would just gave up mm-hmm. like i mean she was great but she didn't she just she just kind of just loved me and let me go and honestly i didn't i don't i never really had a curfew but i never really ever came home late and i never and it's i just didn't want to disappoint mm-hmm. and it was kind of, so her little laissez-faire approach worked pretty well for me it may not have worked for somebody, I don't know, like the three we just heard about earlier. <laughs> Actually, it would have worked for Merit. <laughs> but you just you never would have found her um, hiding in a closet, reading a book. Um, so what should our goal be? We, do we need to discipline for real? I mean, I, it seems like that's our role. Well, Set it depends boundaries. on when we picture discipline in our minds. When you think discipline, what does that look like to you? Does that look like a parent looming over a child yeah. with their finger wagging, saying, you have to do this. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's for your best good. I'm doing this. Is this discipline? Is this your picture yeah. of a parent who has to just cram it down the child's throat because this is my job? Mm-hmm. And also that I'm the power. I am the ultimate control. Don't cross and me. And don't cross me. That's right. Is that your idea of discipline? Because I don't want to lose ground here. It's, yeah. you know, that's what we but feel like we're doing. But that's what you see a lot. Yeah. Is, okay, yeah. I've seen people say, you cannot let them do that. Mm-hmm. If you don't stop them now they'll mm-hmm. just roll like a you know like mm-hmm. a what's it called like a snowball it'll mm-hmm. have mm-hmm. the snowball effect yeah and you uh you you know if your child does something bad it looks bad on you mm-hmm. and so you don't want to look bad in front of other people you'll have to pay the court costs that's right and the psychologist <laughs> you're gonna have to fix this mess. <laughs> you will you will yeah uh, so what should our goal be what should so, discipline look so like so what it look like to you that's what you have to do as a parent um either as a single parent or if you're if you're married or have a partner what are your goals in parenting what do i want to raise i want to raise a child who will then be 
as an and as an adult a competent in, uh, independent mm-hmm. person from me who has all the life skills and and the self esteem to make it in life. Yeah. Now if I'm telling them everything to do and to think, am I going to create that kind of a human no. being? I don't think so. And so we have to step back and go well. Then let's reexamine what our goals are and what does discipline what it should look like. And it seems like it's going to change every year. Mm-hmm. And, with every, and with every uh-huh. child. Yeah. yeah. You re-examine it with every child yeah. and every stage of, of life. So I think that what you want to say is it's not to gain compliance and to, and to have absolute control in your family, but more to give opportunities for the child to have self-mastery. See that? So it's interesting. Discipline is not something I need to do to you. My, I mean, my goal is not to put you in your place. My goal is to help you create mm-hmm. discipline. Mm-hmm. Self mastery, and when I do that, the child looks at you and says, "Thank you. Mm-hmm. Look, I feel so good about myself of what I've just accomplished, rather than I've got to fear you for the punishment that might just right. happen." You know, yeah. and then there's no respect at all. Yeah, we should have the benefit be, uh, it, and that's why they would respect it because kids, even everyone knows, they need some channeling, they mm-hmm. need some boundaries, mm-hmm. and if you can kind of take me down the channel, mm-hmm. that'll save a lot of my energy. Then my energy is not dispersed. Like I guess it's like a gun. This is maybe not a great metaphor. <laughs> not around kids. <laughs> but but you kind but you need a channel for the, like the bullet to run down to be mm-hmm. able to aim it and to get yeah. where you want to go. If you don't have that channel, you're just going to disperse the energy mm-hmm. and it won't be as directed. Right. That's and so kids can blow up a lot of energy mm-hmm. and get nowhere. But the parent, our job is to create a space, a channel where they can learn and discipline necessary yeah. essential and it's okay if you create those boundaries where they can have some wiggle room to make mistakes and you're not wagging the finger and say i told yeah. you so yeah. but what did you learn yeah. from this it's their boundary i mean yeah we did this together yeah. this is what tell did, me what, what you did, learned well, yeah, you learn from this i love that yeah and then they're like then they start self-conceptualizing and it starts getting some information that will help them cope in life yeah yeah and we make so we could go about this in the beginning of the show we kind of talked about parenting mistakes that every parent has made but what are the – okay, so let's start talking about what are the techniques, mm-hmm. what are the rules we mm-hmm. should be using, mm-hmm. strategies that okay. create this okay. boundary. Let's, I love the word self-discipline for our kids. Yeah. Thanks, Matt. So I have 10 today. I don't know if we'll get to all of them. Yeah. But we'll start with the overall goal then is, again, to give opportunities for them to gain self-mastery. Right. Now, what we want to do in, in, in discipline is to remember that we focus on the positive. Okay. Yeah. Um, because whatever you focus on, you'll get. It'll grow. It'll grow. That's Don't what do this. Mm-hmm. Don't mm-hmm. do that. That's right. So you want to reinforce what you want, the behavior you want. And it, you want to show what you want them to do yeah. rather than what you don't want them to do. Because yeah. then you, if you just take something away, you create a void. Well, what do you fill it with? Right. Right? Okay. So you don't want to just say, stop doing this. You want to say, let's teach some new behaviors yeah. that are appropriate, that are going to make you happy and all of us happy. Huge. And have harmony in the home. Okay. And you can catch. I mean, if you could just... Instead of telling them to quit tapping their foot mm-hmm. and say, hey, I like how you're – today we're eating breakfast and we're not all kicking the counter. <laughs> that is pretty cool. Yeah. And make a big deal and about wait, when it's you right. You wait for the moment they're not tapping yeah. the foot and say, did you hear that? That's silence. Oh, my gosh. That sounds so good. I love that. That's cool. Yeah. yeah. You focus on – it's intentional yeah. parenting is what I call it. Mm-hmm. Intentional parenting. What I want to do to create the person that is competent and has self-worth. But it's All so right? much easier to just react to – not they're not the, the reactive parent, which yeah. is mostly what we do. Yeah. Okay. So let's start with the first one, Matt. Okay. Yep. The first one is just simple. It's just po- we use positive, assertive guidance. Okay. okay. Assertive guidance. So 
your example with tapping the foot. Perfect yeah. right there. So let's say a child is jumping up on the chair. You know, they're jumping off on off from the couch on the floor or they're at the dinner table and they're up on the chair. You know, our reactive style would be don't stand on the chair. Get down from that chair. Yeah. Okay. Don't That's make reactive. me come over <laughs> there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Quit jumping off the couch. Yeah. Okay. But a positive, assertive, then you're, po- you're focusing on what I want. I need you to sit down with your bottom on the chair. Boom. Sim- simple. I need you to do this. Bottom on the chair. Thank you. Okay. It's positive. So you shouldn't like slip in or <laughs> you shouldn't because that's what we do is we, we say what we need and then yeah. we like flip it and then or I'm going to have to right. chase you and yeah, 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 you're yeah, yeah. going to pay. Mm-hmm. Right. Because then I, I'm, I'm letting them know I know you can do this. There's no yeah. not or because yeah. or means I'm setting you up for what if you don't do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Why, why would we yeah. why would we ever say what not to do? Yeah. Yeah. Or what will happen if you do? I mean, yeah. just say what I need you to do. Yeah, and and I know you'll do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, confidence. Yeah, and if they if my kids go, uh, no, or I don't think so, they'll say I'll say it again. Thank you for sitting with your bottom on the chair. I'm already thanking them in advance for behavior I expect them to do. Look at that. Yeah. So I am putting the expectation of positive, and I'm being assertive. I'm saying I need you to do this right now. What about I could just imagine some person out there saying, "Look, oh man, what a wuss. You know." You tell the kid, sit. It worked for me. Uh-huh. My parents did it to me. Look how I turned out. My grandparents did it to my parents. We've got to be stronger with these kids. Mm-hmm. But you are being assertive. I am being strong. But positive. Yeah. Positive and assertive. And I'm giving the child the expectation of what behavior will be expected by other people as mm-hmm. well. Yeah. And so that they can be competent in life. You're not being squishy weak mm-hmm. just because you're being positive. Mm-hmm. You're no. actually – you're helping them get to it faster because you're not telling them – you're telling them what not to do. There's another 1,000 things you shouldn't do. Mm. But let's not go there. <laughs> let's just go to the one thing I need you to what, do right that's now. That's right. You down. could be you know, yeah. picking your nose, yeah. tapping your foot. Yeah. But also, let, don't shoot the gun in the house. That's don't, right. Yeah. No. Yeah. Don't drink the lie. Yeah. You know, don't we, drink the yeah. lie. <laughs> you know, we, we, don't we, sneak we, out of the house. <laughs> Don't read books under the, under the stairs. Yeah. You, you say what I want you to do. You focus on the positive. And you're assertive. I need you to do this. Thank you for doing this. Yeah. I know you can do this. Yeah. I, I know you can do this. Yeah. I have cool. confidence in you. So here's an example. I saw a child and it was like a two-year-old or something. And the mom was going for a walk. And, um, the, of course, the baby uh, sees a dog. With long hair and grabs the, <laughs> go- the you know the dog's hair. Okay, yeah. you know that's a recipe for danger. So you know, I would say, yeah. hey, 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 don't, 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 don't touch the dog. Yeah, 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 stop, stop, don't, you know, yeah. or or they or they hit the dog. Yeah. You know, and then the parents like, oh, this is reactive parenting. Don't, don't hit, don't hit, don't grab the dog. It's going to bite you. You know. Yeah. The parent got down on their knees. Okay, good thing with two year olds yeah. on their eye level. But it's and, scary if a dog's right there. Yeah. <laughs> Positive assertive says yeah. what to do. This is how we you touch pet. the baby. This is nice, the, this is or the, way, the dog, yeah, nice. or the baby. Could yeah. be the same thing with the baby. Yeah. This is how we touch. This is how we touch the dog. And take, we actually took the baby's hand over her under hers, and then stroked showed the dog her. and showed him how to do this. This is how you do this. Isn't that funny? Yeah. So positive, assertive. That's number one. Okay, wow. number two. By the way, did that baby survive? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I great. always want to know the rest of yeah, the story. Yeah, you know, it doesn't take just one time, too, especially with toddlers. I mean, you've got to oh, do it no, again yeah. again that's and why, again. That's why you yeah. have to have energy. If you're not disciplined, mm-hmm. why would we expect them to be? Right. And that's where the, it falls because the parenting, yeah. we're not disciplined. Well, it's a default. You know, the other way is a default parenting. It's it's the easier stop doing that. Don't, mm-hmm. just, you know, quit. Yeah. But what is it teaching them? Oh, yeah. What not to do, but we don't take the time to teach them what to do. What's and then tomorrow we do it again. Right, we, right. If you're reactive, yeah. you have to then literally react to every, every. problem mm-hmm. on earth. Yeah, that's right.
Scary. So number two, give reasonable choices is a great one with discipline. All right. So, you know, I don't know if you were raised like I was, but you have, you know, your meat for dinner. You have your vegetable, usually corn. Yeah. You know, and then you got something else. Okay. Applesauce. Yeah, right, right. That's what we always get. (laughs) (laughs) So what if you ate corn? Now, then you create this this, this scenario corn, right. of power play at the dinner table. Peas. Ours was peas. Yeah, yeah. Man, my husband was peas. He'd, he'd actually hide it in his cheek. Oh, yeah. All night my long. Like a chipmunk. Would, they'd circle the plate mm-hmm. underneath, or, and they'd stick all the peas mm-hmm. underneath. <laughs> And then they say, "Mom, this is great." Bye. And they get out of there. And the minute my mom picked the plate up, there's a circle there's this of little peas. circle of peas. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Kids will figure out the yeah. power play, and they'll win. And so, you know, here we have a, a dinner table, which is a t- typical scenario for this. You know, you get, we give reasonable choices. So instead of saying you're not leaving this table until you eat all every last one of those, oh, peas. I heard that. Yeah, 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 or the Brussels sprouts right. or whatever you're serving. It's what you like. Do your kids like it? Not necessarily. Mm-hmm. Then you can say to them ahead of time. You know, this is proactive. This is intentional parenting. I know we're going to have a problem at dinner time. So I say to the kids, hey, which vegetable would you like to eat for dinner tonight? You know, give them a choice. See, in our family, we'd have three vegetables. That's right. That's the other way, Matt, is to have more than one choice and say, well, here's three. Here's... Well, we don't want to give them three choices. But that, <laughs> if we like say, hey, where do you guys want to go eat? And they'll have seven choices. <laughs> And then we just look at them like, why did we ask? Yeah, why ask? Well, I've got, I've got three vegetables. I'm going to serve them at the dinner table and say, pick one. Yeah. But it takes the power out, the power play out of it because I don't say you have to do this. I'm not like looming over them. Yeah. I'm just saying, here's three vegetables. I stand back and say, you choose. That's cool. Then they can choose what they want or I can say ahead of time, what do you want for dinner? Choice is good because then they own it. Yeah. It yeah. was theirs. Yeah. You're the one that said you wanted Brussels sprouts. That's right. Um we got to take a break. But so far, we've learned positive, assertive guidance. Tell them what you do want them to do, not what you don't. And then two, give them a choice. Mm-hmm. And you can always give them a choice between, you know, even two things. Would mm-hmm. you rather we go, I'm not for the food, but would you rather have to sit out and not do this event? Mm-hmm. Or would you rather just do it even though you don't love doing yeah, it? Yeah, like going to bed. Yeah. Going to bed is non-negotiable. Because yeah. in, in, in choices, you, you, you give the children what I can live with, and then you, you can say what you can live with. So you can go to bed with a light on or light off. Which would you yeah, like? Yeah, which would you choose? Do you That's want to great. go now for, at 7.30 and read for 30 minutes? Or do you want to go to bed at 8 o'clock, no reading? You choose. It's good stuff, yeah. Julie. Yeah. We're going to come back with Julie K. Nelson, the author of Parenting with Spiritual Power, you can find her book at her website, nelsonjuliek.com. nelsonjuliek.com. This is the Matt Townsend Show on BYU Radio. Touchscreen interfaces? That's so early 21st century. We'll tell you what may soon replace the touch. This is Innovation Now, bringing you stories behind the ideas that shape our future. Tablets and touchscreens were all the rage in computing last year. By the 20th time you clean your fingerprint smudges off your screen, touch computing loses a little of its appeal. A company called LeapMotion thinks physical touch computing is old-fashioned. Their LeapMotion controller is the size of a matchbox and replaces your computer mouse with 3D gestures you make in the air above your keyboard or in front of your screen. In this regard, it's somewhat similar to the Microsoft Connect full-body motion tracker used for some video games. The Leap device concentrates on just reading your hands and fingers with astounding precision, enabling you to sign your name in the air, mold virtual clay sculptures, play instruments or games, control RC planes, all with tiny gestures of your hand. Hold a pencil, brush, or baton, and the software lets you draw, paint, or conduct an orchestra. 
Gesture-driven controls might also be a useful tool in operating rooms, where gloved surgeons and nurses can manipulate 3D data or control surgical robots without touching anything. The technology will eventually go into phones and tablets as well. For Innovation Now, this is Buddy Rubino. Innovation Now is produced by the National Institute of Aerospace through collaboration with NASA and is distributed by WHRV. Visit us online at innovationnow.us. Want more BYU Radio? Then check out our YouTube channel where we post segments from your favorite shows. And if you have a specific episode you'd like to listen to again, or even share with a friend, then let us know on our Facebook or Twitter pages and we can add the episodes you want to hear. Check out BYU Radio on YouTube and subscribe. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. We are joined by with Julie by Julie K. Nelson. By we are joined with. That sounds weird. Julie K. Nelson's joining us. <laughs> We're conjoined twins. Today. We are conjoined with Julie K. Nelson. <laughs> now, Julie is a has a master's degree in marriage and family and human development. She teaches program um, as uh, applied parenting and marriage and relationship skills at Utah Valley University. She's the mother of five children and is the author of Parenting with Spiritual Power. She's trying to break into our brains and give us some tools for to be a better, more effective parent. This is what she's taught us so far. Be positive and use assertive guidance. So tell your kids what you want. Not Don't just sit there and say, no, no, no. Um, give reasonable choices. And the choices, mm-hmm. the, that's how you move somebody. If they don't want to go to bed, mm-hmm. you – what? okay, so a child doesn't want to go to bed. Mm-hmm. Uh, he wants to stay up and play on an iPad, mm-hmm. let's say. I know kids like that. What would you say? Give them – tell me the choice. They have you, to go to you bed. You can go it's to bed bedtime. at 7.30 and play with your iPad for 30 minutes with light on. You know, their bedtime's eight o'clock. But yeah. you can go in there with, at seven thirty and play with you know for yeah. the iPad with yeah. the iPad. What if it's already not? Let's say their bedtime's eight and it's already eight. Mm-hmm. It's eight twenty, and you're like, time for bed. You're going to bed, mm-hmm. and they're like, I, just give me. I just want ten more minutes, twenty more minutes. What choice would you throw? So you have to say what can you live with and what battles do you want to pick. Yeah. So if they're starting to negotiate with you. And this is part of number two, giving the reasonable choices. You want to learn. They want to. You're ta- we're talking about with discipline, creating a child who has self-mastery, who can negotiate life. Yeah. And they're needing to learn the art of compromise and working in, with others. So they're doing that. This is like negotiation skills that they're going right. to learn in, in their work. So yeah, I, I want to play with my game. I'm almost done on the third level, Mom, with yeah. Zelda. Yeah, right, and and I and I, I almost got the, to the the kingdom. Yeah, so I'll say to them, "How long do you think that'll take for you to get to the to the castle?" Oh, ten minutes. Okay, by my watch, ten minutes. Then, if you don't get to the castle in ten minutes, will it still be over? Great question. You know, probably not. But, I, but I'll, we'll get. I'll, we'll talk about yeah. it then, mom. Yeah, yeah. No, I'll say then. Then <laughs> yeah. by my watch, ten minutes. It's gonna then. be over. Yeah, because they've set the boundaries now. Yeah. I can live with that. Yeah. You're not gonna. It's not gonna die ten mm-hmm. minutes more. But then they go to bed. Happily, because they've learned that I respect them. Yep. They need 10 more minutes. Love yeah, it. great, great. Well, and it seems like and there, what that is is a negotiation, which they'll be doing the rest of their lives. That's right. Versus just a dictatorship where you just do what I say. No, you yeah. will go to bed. That's right. No. That's exactly, I like the little axe. <laughs> yes. But see, what's funny about that is when we get married, you're going to have to negotiate. That's right. 
or you're going to have to use this dictatorial style, mm-hmm. which, which is nobody gonna, loves. No, nobody it's going to cost no. a lot of problems. No. Okay, so uh, number three. Yeah. Okay, state negatives in a positive. This is a big one, Matt, because so many things we have to say no to. Yeah. Okay, but we can we can couch it and do a spin into a positive. So, for instance, you have let's say uh, a child with homework. They want to watch TV. So, can I watch TV, Mom? No, because you got homework. Yeah. That's our reactive parenting. No, 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 no. no. Thousands of thousands of no's. How can we turn that into a yes? Is what I say to parents. Yeah. How can you turn that into a yes? Yes. Then you will gain their trust, their respect, and you they learn self mastery. Okay. So you have. Okay, we're using the example of TV, okay? Or it could be friends, whatever. Yeah. So I'll say to them, yes, you can. Let's see, how much homework do you have to do first? Yeah. And how long do you think they'll take you? Yeah. And they're like, oh, man, I got the math. Let's see, um, 30 minutes. Yeah. Then you can do it in 30 yeah. minutes. Awesome. I'll let them know. You know, when they call and say, I'll let them know in 30 minutes, you'll be ready. Or, or your TV show, yeah. Okay? So you state it in a positive. Instead of, no, you can't play with your friends right now. you got homework to do. See, my, I'm an automatic no. That'll shut them down right away. And you can just feel the resistance. Oh, yeah. When you say, nope, yeah. you can't watch TV. you got homework to do. But you know what they say? Where's mom? <laughs> and I'm like, don't, you don't need to talk to mom. Mom's gone. Mom will never be back. But it's because I'm an automatic no, so they don't yeah, even yeah, like yeah. go They don't want to hear that. And, and all of a sudden, you're going to get the resistance. You're uh-huh. going to get, they're going to get the daggers in their eyes. Yeah. Like, okay, you're t- you dare yeah. me you, you know, to do homework. Scary. So, But if I say, yes, I'm the most pleasant pl- person in the world, and who's going to argue with that? Well, and it changes your spirit in a way. Yeah, so yeah. all of a sudden, yes, and then it, just by merely saying yes, mm-hmm. but knowing it can't happen right now or whatever, yeah. you have to f- reformulate your statement. Yeah. So yeah. So if you just use the technique of saying yes, mm-hmm. and uh, mm-hmm. let's do it once the homework's done. Mm-hmm. How long do you think it'll take That's right. you? That's great. And I, in their mind, they start thinking about it. I'm like, yeah, gosh, 45 minutes, you'll be done? Yeah. Let's say you could play for an hour and a half. Yeah, huge. Then I, uh, what I'm doing is I'm giving them a helping hand rather than me digging my heels in. Because right. if I dig my heels in, what are they going to oh, do? game on. And they'll react. Game and they'll on. Dig their That's right. In. That's right. And what's cool is, let's say you could only get this one right a third of the time. Yeah. It's still better. Oh. It's still yeah. better than having 100% yeah. no. So so instead of reacting next time your your uh, child says something, say, how can I turn that into a yes? That's great. How can I make that work? Because then ultimately, we're talking about discipline today, right, Matt? Yeah. We're talking about self-discipline. Then they learn that they can say no now for something bigger, a bigger yes later. That's great, yeah. One of the things I teach in the class is we talk about the Stanford study. Yeah. Classic in the 1960s, um, they did a marshmallow yeah. study. Remember that, that one? Yeah, totally. Okay, it's a great one. They had four and five year olds, preschoolers, and the, the, the researcher brought him into a room. He had one, a plate and one marshmallow on it to this, like, you know, preschooler and said, okay, you can have one marshmallow now. Or you can wait 15 minutes and have two marshmallows later. Now they're learning again to turn it into a yes. Yeah. I can say no to the marshmallow, the one now, to yes, a bigger, you know, two yeah, marshmallows double. later, double later. Right. So they watched those kids. They went out of the room. They watched them to see who could say no to themselves yeah. now for the bigger yes right. later. That's the same thing, doing the homework now so I can say the bigger yes so I can play with my friends or whatever later. Uh-huh. So they followed those kids like 10, 15, 20 years yeah. later. The kids that, 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 that uh, were able to, have self, you know, gr- uh, delayed, gratification. Delay, delay gratification. They could have self-discipline. Uh, they had so much better outcomes, oh, yeah. way better outcomes. Better than their marriages, peers. better, more educated, making more Leaders, money. Leaders, uh-huh. yeah, yeah. They they were so much better. It was phenomenal. The outcomes for Huge. these kids. The impulse control. That's, that's what we're teaching. That's discipline. Yeah, we're teaching them impulse control. Now, how will that play out as, as adults? Amazing. Huge, exactly. So yeah, we just turn it into a yes. Yes. Sure. No, no. Now, small no for a big yes Love later. Love it. Yeah. Love it. Okay. So number four. 
Give a child self-reflection opportunities when you want to discipline. Now you can go in and do the thinking for them. Right. You know, okay, you have a sister who's like bugging her sister, right? Yeah. Like this, you know, poking whatever, yeah. whatever she's doing. You can say, "Stop that." You know, quit bugging your sister. Yeah. You're driving us all crazy. I'm telling her what to think and what to do. Why don't I step back and say, let's give her some empowerment. Let's let her think that with that brain yeah. she's been given. So I say to her, what other choices could you be making now that would make everyone happier? See, now that's Huge. kind of scary for some parents, Matt, because they yeah. want to be the, 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 the know-it-all. Yeah, totally. I know how to do this better than you because I've already been a kid and I got through it mm-hmm. all and nobody died. So I know how to do this. So they have kids that are driving each other crazy. I'm going to tell you how to stop doing it. Love it. But it it's, takes us some self-mastery of us, as adult too to step back and say, now you kids, right. think about it. What could you be doing now that would be – a lot better choice. What's it like to sit there and have your brother just beating on you every minute? <laughs> well, think about that. What's that like? Because um, one of the interesting things about this, when when all else fails and your life is messed up and someone goes to a therapist, their their basic goal is, is um, self-awareness. Mm-hmm. So the therapist is going to help them become self-aware. Mm-hmm. And they're usually going to do it by asking questions and then letting the person explore it. If we don't get become aware young, mm-hmm. we're going to struggle when we're old. If so, all you're teaching them is to start noticing mm-hmm. your own thinking and how it affects others. others. How it affects uh-huh. others. It's mm-hmm. it's it's therapy mm-hmm. for a five year old. Mm-hmm. It's therapy. It's, it's beginning. D- it's discipline uh-huh. at its very best meaning. It's yeah. I'm I am going to discipline myself so that I can create a happy life for me and for those around me. That's a great. That yeah. is you can't beat the power of what self reflection would give yeah. these. Yeah, yeah. So have them think. I mean, classic case. Uh, we have a trampoline in the backyard. You have an older sibling, little toddler on the tramp together. The older sibling's just bouncing the heck out of that trampoline. Yeah. The little toddler's getting like you yeah, know like, like a, a rag dog, and egg. they're cro- they're crying and there's you know yeah. and they're like you know to the older sibling, what could you be doing now? that would make life happy for both of you on the tramp. Instead of saying, quit, you know, get off or whatever, you know, you jump in and you tell them what to do. Now they have to think about now how they can make life good for, you know, everyone around them. That's huge. So what can I, okay, I guess I could, and they stop and think about it. What great skills are teaching that child? Well, and then all of a sudden their brain has gone there. Mm-hmm. You, you allowed their brain to go there, which means they'll own it. They'll own it forever. Yeah. So they're assessing their present situation. They find the root of the problem. They know yeah. they can fix it. What great confidence that gives them oh, sure. so that they can uh, not have their parent just do the thinking for them. Let's, um, we're going to take a break. But I, I, as you're listening out there, th- th- you don't need to do all of these. If they just picked one or two yeah. of these, yeah. it's going to make a huge difference. Yeah. Huge and and difference. just do them part of the time. Oh, just yeah. work on it, you know? Man, Julie K. Nelson. Uh, again, you can get a, her book. Uh, Parenting with Spiritual Power, www.nelsonjuliek.com. That's the website where you can pick that up. We're going to take a break. Be right back with more guidance from Julie right here on the Matt Townsend Show on BYU Radio. KBYU FM, HD2 Provo. The 2013 football season is right around the corner. Touchdown! Get ready for the season with BYU Football Media Day. Now we get back to the football part of it. It all begins at noon Eastern with the state of the program, followed by BYU Radio's continuing coverage throughout the day. A lasting program that is sustainable for a long, long time at the nation's top level. BYU Football Media Day, Wednesday, June 26th at noon Eastern, here on your home for Cougar Sports, Sirius XM 143, BYU Radio. 
Good afternoon, I'm Katie Jarvis with BYU Radio News. Firefighters attacked dozens of blazes in the western states where hot and windy conditions persisted yesterday and today. In southern Colorado, a 300-acre fire forced at least 175 people to stay at a Red Cross shelter and at a high school last night. The House has rejected a half-trillion-dollar farm bill that would have cut $2 billion annually from food stamps. For several decades, farm bills have combined farm subsidies and food stamps, but that coalition is now shaky, as conservatives have insisted on cuts to food stamps. There's a milestone for the recovering U.S. housing sector. U.S. sales of previously occupied homes surpassed the $5 million mark in May, the first time that that's happened in three and a half years. The gains show that the housing recovery will continue to strengthen. A jury of six women was picked today to decide the second-degree murder trial of George Zimmerman, who was accused of shooting Trayvon Martin. The defense attorney said he selected the jurors based on their views on guns, self-defense, and justifiable use of force. Los Angeles' school system, the second largest in the United States, is ordering iPads for all of its students. The Los Angeles Board of Education met this week to approve the purchase of $30 million worth of iPads as the first part of a multi-year commitment. And in world news, the head of the World Health Organization says that violence against women is a global health problem of epidemic proportions. The United Nations say that more than 600 million women live in countries where domestic violence is not considered a crime. And that's the news. This is BYU Radio. I'm Katie Jarvis. Good afternoon, everybody. This is the Matt Townsend Show. Dr. Matt Townsend here. Uh, Today, we are taking on the issue of disciplining our children. Now, there's a lot of ways to do it, and sometimes in the news you hear about the bad ways, the unhealthy, ineffective ways that we discipline our children. You you don't need, you know, to waterboard them. You don't need to tie them up. You don't need to do any of that. Instead, you could just listen to this show, and we'll give you a bunch of tools. Right now, we've, uh, and for the last hour, we've been talking to Julie K. Nelson, who is a mother of five children and is the author of Parenting with Spiritual Power. She's joining us again. Welcome back, Julie. Thank you. That reminded me of a, I used to live in Chicago and I had a, a friend who they had three small children. And the wife always took care of the kids and she left the house one night with the, to have the husband take care of the kids. He was clueless, <laughs> clueless. She came home, found the toddler duct tape to the chair with a duct tape pacifier over his mouth. Oh my heavens. <laughs> He'd had it. <laughs> <laughs> I hope they were kidding, because <laughs> that's crazy. I know. Isn't that? I know. Well, we get desperate. We oh, don't yeah. know what to do. Oh, totally. You know, yeah, you know so. what actually worked really well for my kids? One of my kids got his head stuck in the railing on our banister, and my, my daughter was babysitting him, and for like three hours, he sat there with his head stuck, <laughs> and she brought him food and brought the TV over where he could see it. She was being so accommodating. So if it, if it gets bad, uh-huh. there's a railing. Yeah, just stick their head through yeah. it. Mm-hmm. It, was, it worked. <laughs> It totally worked. Um, So you've been giving us some tools, some of the tools we've already talked about. These are very specific strategies that we should be using in disciplining our children with the first of all, the main goal being we want our children to learn to be disciplined, to learn to delay their their need Mm -hmm. for gratification. Mm Yeah, and and to master themselves since with self mastery. Mm-hmm. So you've talked about be have positive, assertive guidance, 
So state what you need, do it positively, give reasonable choices. So they get to have some choices. Our children should get to choose if they get to. Ch- so just give them choices. Mm-hmm. So do you want to eat macaroni or do you want to die? <laughs> Not a good choice. <laughs> choose a better choice. Yeah. You want macaroni or spaghetti? Yeah. That's what we're doing today. Yeah. So you got two choices. Mm-hmm. Um, what about tuna? Mm-hmm. My kids would never say that. Um, give reasonable choices. Number three, state negatives in, po- in a positive way, which is basically come out starting with the word yes is mm-hmm. how I think of it. Mm-hmm. Four, give child self-reflection opportunities. Give them a chance to learn and think through what they're doing instead of just immediately Doing the thinking for them. Doing it all for mm-hmm. them, yeah. Then they're, they're never going to learn. You're, you're just going to, yeah, they're just going to become infants forever yeah. in their thinking process. Give us another. Mm-hmm. Give us okay. some more. A simple, specific directions. This works really well with younger children, especially. Uh, I think it's very overwhelming when you walk into a room uh, and the room's a mess and you say to your kid, okay, clean it all up, you know? Yeah. Just take care of this mess right now. They're they're like overwhelmed. It's too much stimuli. Yeah. They, they don't know where to start. Uh you know, it, and we feel the same way. Sometimes at work, we have this desk, this office desk that's piled high with papers. And if your boss came in and said, "Clean that up right now," I'm what, what, you know, how, where, who? You know, where, where, yeah. So you got to start giving some simple, specific directions. Okay, it's time to clean up now. So you put the paper. Let's start with the paper, and the paper's going to go over here on this shelf. Let's just do that for now. Then after that, let's put the crayons, and then they're going to yeah. go in this drawer. Help make it manageable. Yeah, manageable. Well, I mean, if all you had to say is. I need you, we're going to clean up your room now. Mm-hmm. Let's get everything off the floor. Let's start there. Yeah. And mm-hmm. if you need, I mean, we'll, that's what's amazing is mm-hmm. they'll learn. Yeah. They're not dumb. You, and when they're little, they've got to learn how to take small steps towards yeah. the bigger goal. Yeah. And that's what we would do as adults. And we would teach them to be eventually the kind of adult that would have a major goal. But then what are the smaller steps to take that apart to achieve that major goal and not be so overwhelmed by it? Or like they become immobilized. Yeah, sure. You know. Well, and then we use that energy, don't we? We use the energy to just over-intensify it, mm-hmm. hoping, I guess, they're going to get it. Yeah. So you walk into a room and you have a, a four-year-old in there and, and it's a mess and you say, clean up that mess right now. What does that mean? Yeah, what does that mean? And that just overwhelms them. So right. let's, let's break it down. Love it. Let's make it some, give them some simple, specific directions. Next, um, we want to redirect undesirable behavior. So let's say you have a child and they're having a meltdown. We've never had any of those kids, no, have we, no, Matt? No, uh, never. Never had that one. Yeah, uh, yeah. One, one child, we, we had to stop replacing the closet door because we're like, hey, we don't want to have any more holes in that door. So I think we'll just have... <laughs> <laughs> the closet yeah. open now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so we, we, you know, we don't want to say, don't ever hit that closet door again. Yeah. There we it, go. It's, it's, it's going to the happen. They're right. going to get mad. What do they do when they're mad? So uh, to redirect this undesirable, this, this pent up emotion that they're going to have is say, you may not hit the, the closet door. You may not hit the walls, whatever it is. Here's a pillow. You hit that instead. Or what else do you think you could do? Yeah. I could, you could run out and jump on the tramp. You could go Whatever, you Run know, mile, scream, yeah. scream outside, I don't care, run a mile. But what can you do with that emotion? Um, because what you're doing is you're labeling what they're doing. They're mad. Yeah. Kids need to know what that feeling is. What, put a name to the feeling. Right. They have this, this emotion. The parent then said, when you are mad, this is what you can do. Yeah. So when you are mad, mm-hmm. we hit the pillow mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. we go jump on the tramp. Mm-hmm. We mm-hmm. don't hit the walls. That's right. And I'll, like I have a, a, a my youngest right now has a really hard time losing at, at board games. Yeah. And I'll tell him this is what it looks like when you start to have the meltdown. You first you do the uh, and then you, then your body does this. Yeah. I tell him what it looks like. This is the signs of you getting frustrated and mad. So then he can start identifying later on in yeah. life. I'm starting to get these feelings, these markers that, that tell me I'm starting to get mad. Yeah. Now how do I deal with that before I have a full on blowout? By the way, 
anger management 101. Yeah. So that's what yeah. they so if if it doesn't work when they're young mm-hmm. and then you have a domestic violence yeah. because you went off mm-hmm. once you're going to court and if you don't go to jail you'll end up going to domestic violence classes and the first thing they will teach you mm-hmm. is how to redirect recognize your emotion recognize the triggers yeah. and how to redirect and have ownership of <laughs> yeah. it because what they usually will say by that point is well it wasn't my fault so and so made me mad right. but at that point you're saying at, when they're young is these are some markers of how you started feeling yeah. mad and they take ownership of it and the, of it and then how can they deal with it that's what we're teaching as mm-hmm. parents we're teaching them life skills mm-hmm. every one that's of right. these that you're giving us is it's a life discipline. skill it's discipline it mm-hmm. also will It'll have a benefit today. It'll have a consequence today. Mm-hmm. It'll also have a benefit later on and a consequence later yeah, on if we yeah, don't do it. That's right. Um, so you're teaching them how to channel that emotion, yeah. where to, to go with it, and identify the name. I'm mad. I'm sad. You know, you're you're yeah. angry. Let's take a break right now. You know, let, I say to my child, let's walk away from the game. We'll take a break. We'll go calm down. Then we'll come back. And then because you know you're not having any fun right now, are you? Right. You know, I can see when you start doing that whole thing with your face, yeah. you're not having fun. So let's take a break and we'll come back. And then he has ownership um, and then he knows how to take those steps towards self-mastery. That's so big. Okay. That's great. All right. Cool. So, all right. Number seven. Should we go on? Yeah, keep going. Okay. Sustain activity and model behavior. Okay. So when you have a child who does not know how to do a skill and they start uh, having a freak out, yeah. okay, instead of saying, you know, get that cleaned up, that mess cleaned up right now, get your room cleaned up right now, okay? Another strategy a parent can do for, to teach and discipline is to get in there and show them how, you yeah. know. So you say, okay, let's see. Um, I'll pick up these blocks. You pick up the books and put them on the shelf. Let's work together. It works really well with any kind of chore. Right. Rather than saying, go do this job, say, come with me and let's do the job together. But see, that demands mm-hmm. so much yeah. discipline because mm-hmm. it's so easier as a parent. Mm-hmm. As a parent like, I'm thinking of a 14-year-old. Go clean your room. Right. You're a big boy. You need to clean your room. Go clean your room. And it's just so much easier to just – but my wife's really good at this where she'll go up and she'll say, let's start working on your room. Yeah. Let's do it together uh-huh. because you know – Because he is overwhelmed. You, where do a, I begin? A parent's going to say, I don't have time for this. Yeah. Yeah, but do you have time f- – For five more <laughs> fights? Yeah, yeah. So you're paying now. Uh-huh. Instead of borrowing for tomorrow, yeah. we're going to pay it right now. We're going to sit down. And so do you remember – because the next time you need them to clean the room, say, do you remember the last time we cleaned the room? Yeah. Do you remember the order we did it in? Yeah. That's right. Go do that order. I do that with the bathroom. I, I have this like teaching tutorial with each child as we do the bathroom. When they're young, I start with just one thing. that You just do the sink. I'll be doing the toilet and the bathtub and then we yeah. work together. And then I start letting them do more and more and yeah. more until they can do the entire thing. That's and guess great. what? I never have to look at that bathroom again. Yeah. I know they know how to do it. See, that's, that's parenting. Now, what you're also teaching is teamwork, teamwork and cooperation. Yeah. Do you think those are life skills and discipline totally. that they no, need totally. to have as an adult? But yeah. it's, I guess this might get to the deeper point is that maybe what we're doing as parents is we're actually not parenting. Mm-hmm. We're guiding. trying to, we're guiding, we're yelling, we're demanding, mm-hmm. but we're not involved. Mm-hmm. We're not actually participating. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's the bigger issue is that it's not that we can't do this. It's maybe that, maybe the bigger question isn't even why do we discipline? It's maybe why are we parents? Mm-hmm. Like why, why is this happening to you? Because yeah. it's time that we start taking time. Yeah. 
Yeah. It's huge. It does. It takes time in the beginning. What kind of adults do we want to create? That's, yeah. that's what should that's be our- That's a great question. That should be the, the goal of all parents is what kind of adult am I raising? Mm-hmm. Because, you know, they are infants. They are toddlers. They're young kids, but they will be adults. Do you really want to live with that adult forever? Try it. That you've created. Well, no, exactly. Because someday you're gonna, it's all going to come full circle, and you'll be back there living. Yeah, and they'll be <laughs> in your house, and they'll still be cleaning that bathroom. Yeah, cruddy. That's right. Well, someday they'll be cleaning you. <laughs> <laughs> so you darn well better teach them how to change a diaper. How to change a diaper. It'll be yours. <laughs> We're going to teach you how to change diapers now. <laughs> Love okay. it. Give us another one. Okay, number eight. Emphasize the desired behavior and ignore the undesired. Boy, is this hard because the squeaky wheel gets the grease right. You have kids, you know, like I have five of them, but you know, you have whatever, two or three. And the one that's always the annoying bad kid always gets the attention. Now, is negative attention better than no attention? Absolutely. Absolutely. So they're going to do whatever it takes to get the attention. They've learned that negative gives them a lot of attention. So I got to ignore that and then redirect that so that I can give a attention to the kids who are doing something positive yeah. and emphasize what's going right. So then when that child, the, the one that's been misbehaving, does something right, then I I hone right in on that. Yeah. Hey, thank you. Hey, I noticed that this. Was this yeah. that, that was awesome. And I never compare them and say, well, why can't you be like Susie? You Look know? how good Susie's sitting. <laughs> <laughs> but I She's will... the best sitter in the family. <laughs> yeah. But I will say something like instead of at the dinner table, let's take that again. Instead of saying, Jeffrey, don't make such awful slurping noises. You're driving me crazy. I might just ignore that. Yeah. I should ignore that. Oh, and, I can't ignore it. And just say, Christy, thanks for eating your noodles so quietly. And then when Jeffrey is quiet, then I say, Jeffrey, right on. Right on, dude. Yeah. Look at the way you're eating. It's interesting. It is, you, it is a comparison. Yeah. But it's not I'm not overtly not I'm, not it's not directed. Mm-hmm. It's an indirect. Mm-hmm. So I'm talking about what I like. He knows he's slurping. Oh yeah. He even knows you're making the point. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then when he stops, like when you don't energize mm-hmm. it by paying attention That's to right. it. Mm-hmm. And then he stops then you can say thank you for not yeah. slurping. Yeah, and it takes time because he's going to have to learn how to accept a compliment that's yeah. a positive one because he's had so many negatives yeah. that have fed the fire. Yeah. And it's hard to retrain that, but you've got to stop yourself and then Start with the moments when they are on task and That's when they huge. are doing which. So you just you just ignore what you can. Now, if the house is on fire, you can't you can't ignore that. I just yell. <laughs> <laughs> there's a rule for you: if the house is on fire, yell. Yeah, yeah. If there's blood, yeah. You know, but other than that, yeah. you know, I just say you know just ignore what you can, and then when they, you catch them being good, when they are good, then say hey, thank you, Jeffrey. That's I huge. appreciate you are such a good brother because you did this and this, and be specific with your praise. And then you've just dodged uh-huh. a huge battle. Mm-hmm. You've dodged – our egos aren't engaged. Mm-hmm. We don't need to defend something like mm-hmm. slurping. What? I can't slurp mm-hmm. my own noodles? Yeah. <laughs> You're so rude, Dad. You're such a control freak. Yeah. And then the issue does not yeah. noodles anymore. Yeah. Then yeah. it becomes you're a terrible yeah. parent. I hate you. You know, that whole thing. I never liked you. I didn't even really want to be born in this family. <laughs> That's right. That's right. I don't even like noodles. Why are you serving noodles? Yeah. yeah. Give just, me your it, noodles. It just... You are never eating noodles again. <laughs> This is our dinner. That's this right. is we call that the fight night. That's right. Fight night at the Townsend That's House. Right. That's right. That's Love right. it. So you learn, and then what you're doing is you're teaching children how to focus on the good. Now, yeah. don't you want that as adult? You want a child to focus on the good in others and see the positive in life. Huge. Because it's always there's so many parents that all they see is the negative. Stop that! You're doing. You're driving me crazy. Right. Then that's the, we are training that voice inside their head to go out in life and go. I hate that. Look at those drivers. They're always doing, they're cutting me out. You know, and they're and they're going to see the negative in life because that's the voice they heard all growing yeah, up. Yeah. That's good. So you focus on the positive. Um, what to do? 
you know, what I want you to do and what I expect you to do. That's great. Yeah. Okay, number nine, follow through. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Yeah. I know we're going to have a lot of listeners that have struggled with this. That's the hardest. Yeah. That's Because you make – look, if you do this again, mm-hmm. you will never go to your friend's house ever again. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. You've you just will never yourself. leave this house ever. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, my gosh. Day two. Yeah. Oops. See ya. And Bye. And the child totally knows. I have yeah. students all the time that go, yeah, my parents gave empty threats all the time. Yeah. And I just need to blow, blow those off because they never they yeah. never followed through. It wasn't real. What kind of discipline is that? Uh-uh. You know? Then they don't respect you as, as a parent. No. They don't respect themselves. It's a, it's a game. We Again, it's, again it's, we are not disciplined. Mm-hmm. So if you want to stop the, the generational lack of discipline, effective parenting is where we begin. Mm-hmm. And I guess the key is follow through. If you say it, mm-hmm. you got to mean it. We got to mean it. Don't yeah. say it if you don't. And, mean and it. you know, it's not so bad also to say, you know what, uh, Jeffrey, Jeffrey's our, our naughty child during yeah. this conversation. Is that okay. it? Okay. Jeffrey, you know, what? I I said something stupid yesterday. I said you will never leave the house again. You know, that was dumb. I was angry. You yeah. know, let's make something more reasonable. I meant that I would I inflict this. bodily pain. <laughs> That's what I meant, Jeffrey. <laughs> Mama was mad yesterday. You know, and bring it down a notch <laughs> yeah. and so say, you know, you what? can leave, but it's going to hurt. <laughs> Isn't that? But it's funny because we okay do. But it's okay to say I laughs. made a mistake. Yeah. And it's okay to retrain your steps and go, you know, and bring Jeffrey in on yeah. it. Because, you know, I made a mistake, you know? Well, that's got to is... be scary because now you have, there's teeth. Oh, mm-hmm. uh oh. But now I mean it. Yeah. Mm hmm. So, because what now I'm going to calm, now I'm calmed down. Yeah. And that was so stupid of me. Yeah. And I'm going to try not to do that again and not freak out and then yell these threats every yeah. time you you know push my buttons. Yeah. And I'm going to try not to, but in case I do, yeah. you know, when I'm calmed down, we're going to talk about more. Jeffrey, mommy didn't mean to say she'd leave you on the side of the freeway. <laughs> mommy didn't mean that. That was wrong. Mommy's bad. Mommy's going to go take a time out. <laughs> That's Mommy right. wants you to leave her alone. <laughs> That's right. That's right. For the rest of yeah, the Yeah, but you know, if you can and you do get to the point where you have self-mastery better in parenting, then you can take a step back before you're about to give some yeah. kind of consequence and say, now, is this reasonable? Can I follow through Which with this? Which is why we need to be self-aware. That's right. As a parent, you got to know when you're losing it. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm starting to lose it. I'm yeah, losing don't it. give any of those threats when you are in the heat of the moment. Yeah, because they're going to come out bad. Oh yeah, yeah. I like that. Yeah. So yeah, make sure that you um, you have consequences that they're reasonable and you can fall through, and they're not punishing you too. Because you know, I have parents that tell me, you know, and I told them I'm taking the way of the keys to the car for three months. Well, yeah. then we're who's you know who's driving the child around? Yeah, you are for three months. So yeah. you really punished yourself. Right. So think about how does this affect Isn't you? Isn't that amazing? Yeah. yeah right. So. So, you know, follow through. I had I had a uh, one time when I was in high school and I went on a date and it was to a midnight movie. And, I, and my parents said, well, when will you be back? And I said, uh, 1.30. Did you sneak out? No, I didn't. But Were they you 14? I, no, I wasn't. Okay. I was older. But it Sound was. Like but they said, you're back at 1.30. And I said, yes. And it was reasonable. And they said, OK, we're going to follow through if you're not. Well, after the movie was over, the car broke down. Okay. Oh boy. So we had to walk home. Well, I'm I, two o'clock. I'm wandering the streets of the city, you know. So my parents made you know. I, there's my dad, you know, circling the town with his car, looking for me. <laughs> Was it a station wagon? <laughs> yes, of course. <laughs> looking for me, but he followed through with that curfew. You need to be home and pick me up. And said, "Kay, you're coming home now. I was worried about you. You know, if there's a curfew, you got to be there. That's great. Yeah, and they're not just going to sleep through it. See, you, know, you can't be sleeping through your consequences. Oh man, yeah. you're good, Julie. Yeah. Hey, uh, if we had to wrap it up in one thing, we got about mm-hmm. thirty seconds. Okay. What's what is the one thing that is like the 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 one thing that makes the biggest difference as a parent in disciplining? The one thing. 
I would say respect for yourself and for your child yeah. and, and, and forgiving yourself that you can say, I made a mistake. And all of our listeners today are going to say, man, I could never be that kind of a parent. You know, I messed up. You yeah. know, I came from a messed up family. Yeah. But you know what? You just take one of these things. One. And you just try it out. If it doesn't work, try it again. You know, it's it's like a habit. You got to try it. And the child's going to be like, what? What in the heck are you doing? You're so different. Right. And it's going to take them time to figure out that you're trying a new strategy. And you might even sit down and say, you know what? I'm going to try this new because the yelling thing doesn't work. That's huge. You know, I yell every time. Yeah. And so have some respect for yourself and say, this isn't working for me or for you and then forgive each other and then say we're going to try something new and and be honest with yeah. them. Uh-huh. Can I um can I put this out where they can come get these points that we've made? Sure. Um I'll put them on my Facebook page I guess. Do you want to do you have a do you want to put them anywhere so we can send them to you too? I'm sure. Um, what I'm thinking is, because I'm thinking somebody's out there like, I love the third one. What was the third one? Yeah, and we didn't get to all 10 of them I anyway. I know, there's so, still one yeah, more we're yeah. missing. But um, we're going to have you back because okay. there's like 10 more issues we've got to fix mm-hmm, in, mm-hmm. in the other parents out there. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a, I've Nine got a and a half at least. Yeah, totally. So we've been talking with Julie K. Nelson. Uh, you can go get her book, Parenting with Spiritual Power. At her website, nelsonjuliek.com. Nelson with O N N E L S O N, juliek.com. And if you go to Matt Townsend, I'll put it uh, on my Facebook page under just look up Matt Townsend on Facebook and I'll uh, put a, a list of the notes of, um, you know, the top 10 things we should be doing as parents and we'll link it to you as well. Mm-hmm. You're the best. Sounds, Julie. Thanks, Matt. You nailed it. Thanks. We'll be back right here on the Matt Townsend Show with, uh, we'll be doing Ask Matt. The internet asks Matt. That's the that's the name of it. We'll be back right here on BYU Radio. Advanced robot designs compete for a cool two million dollars in the latest DARPA challenge. This is Innovation Now, bringing you stories behind the ideas that shape our future. The Defense Advanced Research Projects Agency, called DARPA, conducts and supports all manner of cutting-edge innovation, not only for defense fields, but for civilian-related technology as well. Their previous robotic car challenge catapulted that technology many years forward. Now comes the next robotics challenge, with $2 million as the prize. Robotic hardware will have to negotiate an obstacle course, simulating a disaster scene at a refinery or power plant, going where humans can't, while using tools and vehicles originally designed for people. The bots must drive a jeep through the site, negotiating rubble, stairs, and ladders, using a tool to cut through an obstacle and hook up a cable or hose. Many of the designs being entered are humanoid-shaped. To make these tasks easier, DARPA is loaning some pre-built chassis and software for those teams needing some help. A parallel competition will run for virtual model robots to push the state-of-the-art in robot programming so those who can't bring hardware to the challenge are bringing their best programming skills. The challenge kicked off last fall and runs through December 2014. For Innovation Now, this is Buddy Rubino. Innovation Now is produced by the National Institute of Aerospace through collaboration with NASA and is distributed by WHRV. Visit us online at innovationnow.us. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. Man, did you learn a lot about parenting? Now, you guys are looking at me like you're not even parents. No, we're not. But as a parent, that was huge. 
And I think we could have corrected all of your issues if your parents had just known these tricks earlier. And just look, you guys would probably be completely different people I don't know. today. We have a lot of issues. True dat. <laughs> issues make us fun. I like issues. Good. And issues make us have a show. That's right. There weren't issues. <laughs> we didn't have we issues. Would we would be showless. So we're going to do the what, Bryce? The Internet Asks and Matt Answers. <sighs> I would have liked a little backup you got any, there, nope, Skyboy. No, it's not. He doesn't okay, even have whatever. it pulled up. He doesn't nope. even. Anyway. <laughs> They're not nope. working right now. Yeah, I get it. I get it. I get it. So what are the questions today? Let's see if we can get a few here. All right. Here's a good one. My, she, this girl says, my best friend of 10 years. BFF of um, 10. Who's a dude? Okay, oh, okay. he said uh, last week I got a text from my friend that said, uh, "I'm sorry, I can't keep contact with you." Okay, uh, a little jarring. She goes in to kind of investigate. She's getting the feeling, oh, this is his crazy, super attached girlfriend who's asking him to do this, and so she she's kind of wondering, like. What do I do? Do I talk? Oh, oh, okay. Sorry, forgot the best part. So after this, ha- so she kind of figures out what's going on. Then she, this guy, texts her again, says, "Oh, that was that was all my girlfriend. Um, but just we'll just keep in contact in secret." Uh. And so she's like, "Um, okay, I'm not 100 percent comfortable with that. Yeah. But also, this is a totally silly situation. So, what should she do? Holy cow! See, interesting. Notice, um." Is that couple married, or is are the other are they married? She is married. She's been married for seven years. This guy and his girlfriend, his girlfriend. are dating. Okay, so a, rule number one: don't cheat. I mean, don't cheat. Don't do it behind the back. <laughs> don't hide it. The minute you hide it, it's going to come out in uglier ways. It's always going to come out in uglier ways. So, don't hide it. But um, isn't that interesting? I he probably, by the way, wrote that email back to her because he knew his girlfriend was going to see it. So he wrote it for her or said it to her. But now he's going to go around the back. So that is already telling you they're having problems, right? Something is – something's amiss. I personally would – I would just suggest don't hide it. And I, I think in the end – I see this all the time. I personally believe your best friend – if you grew up with a best friend that's an opposite sex friend, your best girlfriend – you, you know, you're not into her. You'd never marry her. You're not wanting her. And then it's when you get married, your spouse is your best friend. Your spe- now, it, a lot of people don't like that. But when you're married, it becomes a very big deal. When you're married, your spouse is supposed to be your best friend. Um, and so I personally believe that you can't do it. You can't have a girlfriend. And a wife, even if the girlfriend's platonic. It can't happen. So you're saying just don't make friends of the opposite sex? That's exactly what I'm saying. No. But I am saying if you've got one, it's going to cause problems. Unless your wife buys into that girlfriend that's your best friend and it's she totally is good with it, which can happen. If, if your spouse doesn't like any of your friends, this is why you've got to choose your spouse carefully. And I'd have my friends involved in it because – if your spouse doesn't like your friend, male or female, you're going to pay for it the rest of your life. Once we're married, it's a whole different ballgame. It's a different set of rules. You have to choose if I'm going to cleave unto one or if I'm going to still cleave unto my me, my parents, and my friends, and it's all of us, and you just got to deal with it. 
that decision has to be made up front. And um, I think the other woman is the other wife or the wife is to there's other problems. But one of the problems is she doesn't trust her husband because her husband is probably willing to go behind her back and hide friendships. And this woman probably knows it. So it all ends up being self-fulfilling. There's something there's a lot more to every story that we hear here or we don't hear. But okay, give me another one. All right, this one's Boom. Aw- this one's awful. Oh wait, dude, that's a harder one. Wait, you don't have you, we don't have sound effects this time. Yeah, well, we just got one. You All didn't right. even hear it. He snuck one in. Oh, he did. Yeah, no, he didn't. It was amazing. Um, <laughs> we have we have this uh, this girl said, okay, my boyfriend. We've been dating for a while. Um, he said he he said he wants me to lose weight. <laughs> well, it turns out she's five seven. And 140 pounds. Chunky, chunky. Ch- oh, that's crazy. Okay, this is going to be easy. This is a boyfriend, right? <laughs> this is a boyfriend. Matt, what should she do? Where Matt? does she live? Does it say? Oh, uh, no. Okay, this is what you do. Get in your car. <laughs> head, pull out of wherever you live. Go the opposite direction as fast as you can for 20 hours. And leave the guy that's telling you you need to lose weight. And, and never come back, and right? And never come back. <laughs> That is a that guy is the problem of why so many women have self esteem issues. She's fine. Walk away. Right, and find a better guy. Yeah. Get out of there before you have wait till you've had a kid. Wait till you go through grad school and you find the joys of bacon. <laughs> the comfort. The, the comfort. comfort of bacon. Wait till you discover a maple bar. Then it's going to get ugly. So if he's already having a problem with a five foot seven woman being 140, it might not be his ideal. Then he needs to move on. Then, then I'm not your ideal. Move on. He needs to find someone who is. But the problem, one thing to rule, remember here is the you're not the problem. So this is the female writing this. You're not the problem. He's the problem. It may not be ideal for him. So move on. And if he won't move on, don't put up with it. Ah, she'll get pregnant and have babies with that man. I know that. And then you're stuck. And then you want to hear complaints about weight? Oh, man. Or stay with him and just eat a lot of maple bars. And then he'll leave. Man, that's it. Thank you. Another angel got its wings. This is the Matt Townsend Show. We're going to come back again tomorrow with more great ideas, tools for you. And again, if you have any questions that you want to ask us, go to matttownsend.com. My Facebook page uh, or my Facebook page, look up Matt Townsend and you can submit a question there and we'll answer it on the air for you. Thanks for joining us. We'll be back again tomorrow. This is the Matt Townsend Show on BYU Radio.